Par for the Court Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Par for the Court Podcast. It is March 4th, 2022. Friday, by the way. And it is time to press the panic button on the Los Angeles Lakers. It's been time to press the panic button, Cole. I wasn't that panicked until we lost three in a row. We? Why are you with the Lakers now? I don't know. When I'm when I'm talking teams, I just get in like their you just mindset. Go with, like, you what just am go I, with the Wii. What would I think if I was on the Lakers right now? And if I was on the Lakers, I would think we got to press the panic button. I would press it. Who do you think? Who do you think pressed it the hardest on the Lakers? Um, I'm gonna say Kent Bazemore. I think. You think he's got a heavy hand? That's right. I feel like Dwight like missed the panic button. Dwight definitely missed the panic button. Or Dwight missed the meeting when they all went to press the panic button. I think DeAndre Jordan, when he went to press the panic button, he like over pursued and fell down so hard. They're like, okay, yeah, then this this guy's got to go. They're like, he's done. And that's why it happened. Augustine was just like on the street walking by. They're like, DJ, get over here. Oh, it's Augustine. Oh, yeah. Maybe he can do something. Yeah. Hey, man, he had a couple of spot up threes last night. But getting back to a serious note, like, what do you what do you think is the real problem that's going on? Well, when I watch the Lakers play, I see five defensive players staring at LeBron James, waiting for him to do something, and they're not worried about anyone else. I don't know if you noticed last night, but Ivica Zubats was Russell Westbrook's primary matchup. Yeah, it's that's it's, who was guarding. Russell Westbrook. It's really hard to win when your point guard can get swallowed up by Avica Zubac. Swallowed. Like, I'm, Zubac, I mean, by the way, great player, not great at guarding point guards. Never has been his thing. However, last night, I would say he did a more than exceptional job. Yes. I mean, Agreed. Westbrook couldn't do a single thing. I mean, the Lakers are 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games. They're eight games under 500. They're 27-35. and 35. That is so bad. They're, they're still in ninth place. I don't see them... Getting out of the play-in picture just because yeah. the, the teams that are like, at the bottom of the West are just tanking and they don't care. That's what's so frustrating. It's like the Lakers, they don't even need to win for seeding sake because right. I don't think they're going to even get the eight seed, even if they like really got one on. But they need to get themselves together and win some games just to like build the confidence up yeah, and just get to, their flow going. Like they, It's not even like they're losing and they're like, it's okay. Like We have things figured out. They don't have anything figured out. Not No, I don't see... A direction. I don't see a way this thing. Like, I, I wish like they could just hit the re, hit a reset button on the whole season. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, no, I don't think anybody really knows when AD is going to be back or how he will be when he gets back. And then LeBron has been injured on and off all year. And you know, West, it's a, Westbrook's it's a real just problem. A train wreck. I'm like genuinely thinking, like, man, they need Kendrick Nunn now. Well, it's it's crazy that they need Kendrick Nunn that much, and he might need. not even play this season. Like they're. It's still very now. Rumor has it mid March. That's the rumor. Well, they're saying that, but like he does these ramp up periods, and then the bone bruise gets worse. Like they, he does these ramp ups. They do the MRI. It's like okay, this is worse. Like we can't, he can't play. And mm-hmm. Vogel's saying that the the Augustine signing has nothing to do with how Kendrick Nunn's rehab is going. But I completely disagree with that. I don't like. No, I don't think that. I think I think that is uninvolved. I think they. Need more players that can bodies? shoot a three-pointer, yes. Yeah, I mean, they're, the Stanley Johnson-Austin Reeves minutes, who saw that coming? Dude, who like, saw this many minutes for the Lakers with Stanley Johnson and Austin Reeves? No one. And, no one in the um, world. Yeah. I mean, the problem is that when it gets down to it, 
I'm like genuinely trying to convince myself that a lineup that includes players by the name of Kendrick Nunn, Austin Reeves, and Malik Monk can win a playoff series. Like I'm really yeah. trying to, I I'm trying to think of a way that that can happen that those three players are going to play a pivotal role in this Lakers turnaround. By the way, like they go out this offseason and they don't re-sign the guys that have worked for them in the past and they go get these vets that haven't won anything. anything. They get Carmelo Anthony who's never helped a team win. Trevor Reese has been good, but he's never been on a championship team. Do you recall the last time uh the Lakers picked up Three old, unproven guys that it was, uh, never won. It was going to be fun. Remember? This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. And it wasn't. That's got to be no one, one the, had fun. That's got to be one of the worst aging Sports Illustrated magazine covers of all time. Yeah, right? that is With that is quite funny. How Kobe, the, Dwight, no and hate Steve to Nash. Steve Nash though. I love Steve Nash. No, never. It wasn't his Steve. fault. It was no, his never bad. hate to any of them, but they just didn't work together. Hate to uh, no. some of the guys. No, on the to current who? Roster. To um, Dwight. You know, actually, now that I'm thinking of this is the third time because think about uh, when they got Carl Malone in the glove. That was well, the year they didn't win. That was well, the year they didn't win. But they didn't. They never said it was going to be fun. That's true. That wasn't supposed so, to be fun. It wasn't supposed to be fun. They were going to win. It wasn't fun. Though. It wasn't supposed to be fun, though. But, I mean, just I think the Lakers, the real problem is that this roster is completely turned over, like I mentioned a little bit before. I mean, from you look at that championship team, they have four players left. That's so Two crazy. of which were not playing – in that finals run, and Avery Bradley, who wasn't in the bubble, THT, who was playing like spot minutes. Yeah, I I miss the days when Avery, or THT was like a like a mystique. Like this is a guy that they're you know they're they're working on in player development every single day. Yeah, and he's gonna get to a point where he can be a guy, and everyone's like, oh, I'm excited about THT. And I I can honestly say right now, I'm not even a little bit excited. Nobody THT. The excitement's over, and the fact the excitement that excitement has gone to zero. The fact that they could have had Kyle, Kyle Lowry, Lowry last year's trade deadline—it's ridiculous. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. Like they don't re-sign Caruso for I think it was like a two million dollar difference that they were like, nah. I think it was like six. Well, whatever. It's not much at all. Yep. They choose a reason Carmelo Anthony over Markeith Morris. He goes to sign with Miami for two million dollars. Like, you don't think Marquise Morris could be helping them? Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, there's there's been no production from the free agent signings, and then Russ has been a complete flop. Monk has been good. Monk, Monk has Malik been Monk better has been than good. they thought, but he needs to, he needed to be better than they thought because right. they don't have that production from anybody else. Anybody. And then arguably their biz- biggest signing, which is weird to say, is Kendrick Nunn. Obviously, we've mentioned he hasn't played yet. The bone bruises keep him back. Yeah, I I think if he's 70% of what he was preseason in Miami, the Lakers are going to be very happy. Yeah, I mean, they just need anybody they that need can anybody facilitate that can do and anything. shoot the ball and not fuck things up as bad as Russ has. They're just so lucky that they can't they, – they cannot go past the 10th seat. It's not even if, – if it is, then I'm going to have to rescind my LeBron over Jordan argument. But it's not going to happen. It won't happen. Like, it's that's, an, how it's extreme, that's how extreme – of an outcome that would be if that were to happen, but it's not going to happen. What do you think of the the defensive drop-off from them and just, like... I mean, I clearly it has a lot to do with Jason Kidd's departure, um, but what I must say about them on defense is it's just I've never seen a team with that bad of rotations, and I think it's a combination of the fact that all these guys they have just have never been like, oh, these guys lock in on defense. 
I, there's not a single guy, and I think every single championship team that's ever happened, they need a guy that hangs his hat on the defensive end. Yeah. And they don't have a single one of those guys, except for LeBron. But LeBron's too old to be having to worry about being a lockdown defender on the defensive end and carrying the team on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, you look back to that championship run. They had just they had dogs around the dogs, and yes. they were guys like KCP, Danny Green, Danny Red, Morris, Markeith Morris was amazing in that championship yeah. run. Just so many threes. The top Alex, of the key three was automatic. Right, he was like sixty percent in the playoffs yeah. on catch and shoot threes. That was ridiculous numbers. Alex, Alex Caruso comes in and just plays hard every night. You know, oh he's, my gosh. he said it himself. He's the janitor, and that's just what he does. He's going to come in and play hard every night. And they, you don't, they don't have guys like that do any of that anymore. That's right. Alex Crusoe is one of the most consistent players in the NBA. And right now, they don't have a single player that you know what you're going to get out of every night except for LeBron. I would put Austin Reeves on that list. No, because so, some, night, some nights Austin Reeves doesn't make any shots. They need him to make shots. Regardless of some shooting. Some he doesn't make shots. No, regardless of shooting, you look out there, he's the one that stands out as, okay, he's flying around. He gives a fuck right now. Mm-hmm. Just like True. he's one of those guys that like there's some guys in the league. There's him. There's Gary Payton the second. There's like I haven't proven anything yet. Mm-hmm. Well, they have. That's their mindset. And I think that those are the players that really succeed in the league. It's those yeah. guys. And then Alex Caruso has that mindset as well. Other thing I like to mention defensively is the fact that I don't know if you noticed recently, but they've been doing more traps. Yeah. But in order for a trap to work, everyone knows the, the backside, back, the backside help rotation has to be in order. Part. That's by far the most important part. And then they, they go half-heartedly on a trap on, like, the wing, and then two passes, and it's guaranteed a wide-open shot. And you know that look that, like, the guy gives who's supposed to be in help side, but then the guy who he's supposed to be on catches it, and it's just, like, too late? Just the palms up, like, bro, what No, are literally, you doing? like, no, like, that happens, I'm going to say five times a game with the Lakers. This is an NBA team. You guys are supposed to be professionals. By the way, LeBron's the biggest culprit of that. I'm not going to He's missing a rotation. He stands under the basket, and then yeah. he's got fucking Stanley Johnson to his left. He's like, Stanley, where, Dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stanley Johnson. Everybody like knows it's not his ball rotation. To ball. Yeah. <laughs> I think also the fact that these, um, these Laker teams that LeBron has been a part of so far, there's been leadership and voices in the locker room other than him. You know, obviously, like it's a, it's kind of a meme of Jared Dudley. Like Jared Dudley's not a great basketball player, he's but a locker room guy. He's a locker room leader, and championship teams need that. And guys yep. like Rajon Rondo, and you know, those guys aren't there anymore. And I think one leadership, one leader, and one voice is it's hard to listen to constantly. Yeah, and you know, just having different points of views of guys is, is important. I would really, really, really like to see an inside look on the dynamic in that locker room right now. I mean, yeah. Are they together at all? Are they communicating? Are they trying to figure this out? I don't know. I just, I really don't know. And honestly, I really, really, really think this is a lot to do with Anthony Davis, obviously. But I'm saying off the court as well. I don't know about that. No, like, this is a guy who has all the talent in the world, all the capability, but he is just so cotton soft. Well, there's that, but do you think he needs to kind of step up and take that leadership role that was left by Dudley and Rondo? Yeah, I do. I mean, this is you get paid like that, you play like that, you need to act like it off the court. I think his softness and his way about him is trickling down to other guys. And yeah, I, I think that if Anthony Davis were to play harder, 
LeBron play harder. Everyone else has the, to fill in. That's how leadership works. The frustrating part for me is that we've seen great Anthony Davis. Exactly. That's that's what makes me so like mad. the Anthony Davis in that bubble playoff run. He's like seventy percent on post ups. He's hitting threes. He's guarding. He's rebounding. Like he was a monster. It was like Anthony Davis is the next best player. There was an argument of AD and Giannis at one point. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember. And I was the biggest Giannis advocate out there, and everyone on my AAU but team thought that I was nuts. It was a close argument, though. That's that's my point I'm making. And now mm-hmm. it's like people are like, AD or Giannis? Like, what are you talking about, yeah. AD or Giannis? Giannis is the best player in the league. I watched a clip of uh, AD's 57-point game uh, on the Pelicans, and it didn't look like the same player. Not at all. I was watching rookie year Anthony Davis highlights, and it didn't look like the same yeah. player. Because that guy played hard. Do you think... How approachable do you think Russell Westbrook is, and how open to change do you think he is? I think like, he's like just point? ridiculously on edge. Like, do you There's think no Le- way he is? Do you it? think LeBron can like go and talk to him and be like, "Hey, listen"? I I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't I think just, so. I think but, that's part of the problem. Uh, put too. yourself. I mean, I hate to say it, but like, put yourself in Westbrook's shoes. He's probably the most down on himself of anybody right now, and it's so hard to get yourself out of that. And Especially because, like, there's nothing like. No, I take that back. There is things that he can do that will get him on track on the court. Yeah, I think just just him like, going out there and doing simple things. Yeah, and just building your confidence up from there. He's he's one of the most freakishly athletic guys the league has ever seen, and I think just him going out there and playing hard every night and doing it on the defensive end first, I think that will give him confidence, give the t- his teammates confidence in him. And I think they'll start rolling a little bit. Yeah, but that's just not the Westbrook. I want to way. talk. Did you see Westbrook's um, interview last night? When you conceived getting together with LeBron, AD, you had a vision of what that would look like basketball wise. Has, has it been difficult for you to process the fact that it hasn't happened the way you guys envisioned it? And then you guys are there been blowouts, there have been boos, there's been everything that. You know, probably everything's the opposite of what you envisioned. Has that been hard for you, especially considering your stature, your credentials, to to absorb? Um, what did I envision? I suppose I would imagine some wins. I mean, you say based on what I envision, I want to know what you think I envision. I would like you envisioned coming here and winning a championship, or at least being in the season over. It, it it certainly isn't on. Is the season over? No, sir. Thank you. So what did you envision? Since you, you you spoke for me, I want to know what, what you thought I envisioned. And I've been at every press conference you've had this year, and you've talked about, especially at the beginning, you talked about what this could look like. Obviously, you envisioned a successful season. It, to your point, sure, could still happen. But where you guys are trending right now, it hasn't. I mean, do you, you still answer my question. You, what did I envision? Us. You, you said you envisioned this to be a certain way. I want to know what you... Did you envision it to look like this? I had no, I had no expectations. See, that's why you don't know, you don't know what I envision. I had no expectations. I come into every situation um, the same. Uh, last four years of me, I've been on different teams four times. So, my envision of kind of thinking everything gonna be peaches and cream, I don't. That's not realistic. That's not life. Uh, so for me, um, I come into every situation. Um, start from ground zero and try to figure it out along the way. I have no expectations of how things will work, how many times I had a ball, what position I'm going to play. That's literally, um, you know, I just try to find ways to better, best help my teammates, and that's about it. Yeah, like I said, that sounds like a guy that is ridiculously on edge. Cole, what did you envision? How do you know what I'm envisioning? I, 
it's everything's not peaches and cream. It's I, I don't have expectations. You don't know what I think. I don't go into expectations. I I've, I've been on four different teams every single time. I'm like I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. So you're playing with LeBron. You don't expect to win games. Yeah, that is also is that that's what he's going with that he doesn't expect to win with LeBron. Sounds like somebody I know. Um, yeah, no, that's so odd. That's so odd, and especially it's very telling of what Westbrook is thinking right now. Like he just honestly, I. I guarantee you, and uh, Bill Simmons actually brought up this point. I guarantee you, Westbrook's thought about just being done, like just shutting it down. Yeah. Yes. Th- think about it. I don't see. Like I said, we we talked about what Westbrook can do. He can cut. He can lock it on defense. He can he can play smart. He can pass well. He can think the game thoroughly and try and be better that way. But that's yeah. not a thing that Westbrook's going to do. He doesn't want to change. He doesn't want to change, and I don't know. I just think that. He's definitely considered being done, and I don't think Frank Vogel would be mad at that. I think he'd actually be doing Frank Vogel a favor. Is how long, how far down the line is it that Westbrook takes a step back and says, "Okay, how do I need to change?" Because it's happened for a lot of players in the league, and they've had am, they've had their careers rejuvenated. How long? How long? How far along the line for Westbrook? I think there's two routes. Okay, he goes the Jason Kidd route of developing a jump shot and being a leader and being a smart player that helps young guys mm-hmm. and is a valuable bench piece for a championship team Which possibly. Very, very well is a thing he could do. Or this is his last contract and he's done and he becomes Jamal Crawford, Isaiah Thomas. Why isn't this guy in the league? Look at his stats from this one year. Oh my gosh, look at this highlight from 2014. Get him in the league at NBA. Like, I don't think it'll be that. I think he... I think he figures it out, or the Lakers find a way to trade him, and then he kind of just bounces around the league from there of like, hey, remember Russell Westbrook? Who's signing him? Huh? Who's signing him? What do You You don't think the Kings would be like, okay, we'll take him Hell as a no. free agent? Hell no. Because the, the, you don't think New York would want to shake it up a little bit and get a star in there, which is something they've known I could known see to do? New York. That's the one team I could see. Yeah, I I would agree. I don't I don't know about my Sacramento take there. I think that's a little out there. I think there, Sacramento is actually set on a timeline right now. I think, but New, New York is just at. Uh, I think New York is kind of at a crossroads here. They've got ridiculous contracts across the board, guys they don't really want. They took Fournier for no reason. <laughs> Kemba Walker doesn't like it there. You throw Cam Reddish in there that Tom Thibodeau hates. Yeah. I think that hey, Reddish trade, has been playing a little more minutes now. I he Tom Thibodeau still hates him. Reddit play, Reddit. Uh, Reddish played like five minutes in the third quarter the other day. That's yeah, pretty true. good. But, I mean, I think that deal's out there. And then also your your point of just him finding a way to adapt and just figure it out. If Westbrook doesn't come back this summer with at least a 35% three-point shot, I think he's done. Cole, how, I got a trivia question for you. I was on Synergy looking through stuff. Big Preference Synergy guy? Big Synergy guy. How many ball screens has Westbrook set this season, do you think? Four. Seven. Jesus Christ. They've played – how many games have they played? 50 – 62 games. Seven ball screens. At what point does Vogel just, like, start shuffling Bruce Brown film to Westbrook? Hey, take a look at this. Maybe just, like, a random airdrop. <laughs> he's just, like, in the room with Westbrook. He's got a random phone. He's, like – I mean, I don't – if I'm Vogel, gets I don't want to – If I'm Vogel, I don't want to approach him with Bruce Brown uh, film. He just gets airdrops of Bruce Brown short roll floaters. Yeah. And the, the 
Nets Bucks series last last playoffs. I think if Russell Westbrook were to shoot a floater, the rim would snap off. The the crypt would just uh, fold. Yeah. The whole arena, crypto.com arena would just fold over. If I just have to say this, if I see another Westbrook mid post drop cross falling wrong hand finger roll that hits the backboard and the rim, I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm going to do. Did you see him try and trip Reggie Jackson? Of course I saw. I think he... Dude, like, I was thinking about it today. I literally said out loud, oh my gosh, I forgot that Westbrook and Jackson were teammates at one point. Like... <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I, I guarantee Reggie Jackson was just... I mean, obviously you saw it in his face, but he was loving that game. But I just never, ever, ever would have expected to see Reggie Jackson outplay Russell Westbrook like that in an NBA game. No, it's not a it's not something you would expect. Imagine if sure. you had told if somebody told you that in 2015, 2016, Reggie Jackson 5 years is going to destroy Westbrook in a basketball game. He's going to make him look silly. Yeah. I mean, that that through the legs hesitation that he pulled and Westbrook just went the wrong way. The little the little high step skip too. He had a little yeah. flair to it. He, I love Reggie Jackson's high. That, like, that high step skip is a little fuck you. I'm about to get a bucket on you. I've never seen him fail with it. No. Which I credit to him. Every single time he's ever done that skip, he's scored and it's been a nice bucket. You throw Reggie Jackson in a game. He's in a group of guys. You just you see him out there. You're like, all right, he's he's gonna get him up. It's like him. Lance Stevenson's in there. Yeah. It. You think if the so Clippers and up. Lakers did a merger, would they win it all? Yes. Kawhi and PG can't play though. Yes. Yeah, I agree. But so I think Tyloo's got to be the coach. I though. think Le- you just take LeBron and AD and put it with the Clippers. Oh my gosh! Come on. You think LeBron's like thought of that at all? That's that's gone through his head. Man, maybe I could just switch teams. He's just like same town. He's over there stretching with Mike Mancias before the game. He's just like, oh, man. He just walks the other side. He picked the wrong team. <laughs> He's daffing up Balmer before the game. He's like, I picked the wrong city. I picked the wrong side of town. <laughs> picked the wrong side of town. All right, I got a couple hard-hitting questions for you about the Lakers. I'm ready. Do they trade LeBron, AD, or Russ? There's been talks about trading all three. There's been talks about trading two of the three. Do they trade any of them? You know, I've heard a lot of talks about this, and I just find it very, very silly. Think about it. Of this, trading who? Okay, obviously they're going to try their absolute best to trade Russell Westbrook as anyone who had any logic to them at all. I was watching a game, the game last night with a friend of mine who doesn't watch the NBA, and I'm sure even he would have been like, hey, they should trade this guy. Um, but, I mean, Westbrook, yeah, but LeBron and Anthony Davis, if... The Le- I'm going to just say this. Le- the LeBron trade talk that's out there is ridiculous. I don't think LeBron will ever be traded. LeBron... I think LeBron, when he was drafted, he he got a no trade clause. He had a no trade clause in his rookie deal, and that's never been a thing. Yeah, no, LeBron. If they were to trade him, I don't think they'd ever get a star player under this regime again. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. Well, other thing is, Plink is going to be getting fired this offseason. Stay tuned for my next question after this ad read. Cole, what you got for this ad read? Hey, Chase. Have you ever seen a fire and thought, man, we should put that out? Yeah, I have. Have you ever thought that and not had the materials to do it? For bigger fires, yes. Well, then, boy, do I have the deal for you. What you got? If ever you see a fire, all you have to do is call 911, and boom, the fire department has got your back. What, They've the got fire brand- department? That's right. 
They've got branches all across the country at your beck and call ready to put out a fire at an instant notice. Just call 911 and say, hey, I've got a fire. They're on their way. Right now, they're offering us a great discount of if you call right now and start a fire for them to put out, they will give you a free novelty hose. Novelty hose, huh? Novelty hose. All you have to do is call 911 at your nearest fire, and they'll get it done for you. Tell them par for the court sent you. They'll bring you a ham sandwich. That's right. Just call 911 for the fire department, and they've got your back. Okay, uh, real quick before we uh, go to the last hard-hitting question and go to on to Two hard-hitting questions. Two yeah. hard-hitting questions and on to some Mavs talks. I forgot to mention this earlier, but I really must get this off my chest. I would like to read out Russell Westbrook's stat line in the past 10 games. All right. Russell Westbrook is averaging 14.3 points a game, 6.6 rebounds, 6.1 assists, and 3.2 turnovers. And he's shooting 37% from the field and 18% from three. Solid. And 61% from the free throw line. I just had to say that. I just had to. Yeah, another another thing I found on Synergy. Big Synergy guy. Big analytics guy big here. Synergy guy. Every single offensive category for Russell Westbrook, poor or below average. Every Every last offensive category. Holy shit. Poor or below average. Dude, but what about the triple doubles? Yeah, I mean, there's that. Dude, he gets triple doubles, dude. There's no doubt about it. He gets triple doubles, so he must be good, right? Not trying to tutor on Horn here, but me and Cole have been very early on the Russell Westbrook. Uh, I'd say decades. I don't, wanna, I don't wanna say hate, but just like the dismay of yes. what he's doing. And yes. Oh, it's a triple double. What it, well, did you, you watch the game? Him? Did you watch the game? I don't think if so. a guy with that high usage rate and the ball in his hands that much doesn't get a triple double, it's, it's a problem. Almost a problem. It's a problem. All right, next hard-hitting question. Our boy, Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins. Big Perk. Big, big ESPN Perk. guy. Perk is set. Is saying that LeBron should shut it down. No. He's saying that they don't know when AD is going to be back. The season is not what they hoped. Just shut it down. Call it. That is not something that will happen. I don't see that happening, and I don't see LeBron that even crossing LeBron's mind. If LeBron does that, that I mean, we all know LeBron is always thinking about his legacy. That is something that could ruin his legacy. And yeah, I mean, something that Bill Simmons tweeted out earlier today, before I put this question on the prep sheet, let the record show, or after after I put it on the prep sheet, I hadn't seen the tweet yet, but just talking about how um, close he is to passing Kareem and all-time scoring. And mm -hmm. I think just the way LeBron thinks, it's always, for him, I think it's legacy first. And I don't think he's one to just waste games and waste time just to, to rest and shut it down. Yeah. I think he really wants that. He wants to cement his legacy all-time. And I just think it's not something that is on LeBron's mind in the slightest. And I know... All signs are pointing to this being the worst take, and everything we've talked about in this entire podcast goes against this. It is still LeBron James, and I still have a hard time yeah. just going dead set against him and Anthony Davis and three guys that are able to dribble the ball 
but without looking down at it. Just guys that can walk and chew and gum at the same time. I have a hard time just saying they will not win. There will be no shock level if they figure it out at some point. I know. And LeBron goes for two Hall of Fame. LeBron goes for 35, 15, and 12 over a two week span. There will be no shock value for me. I really, really hope it happens. I do too. As a LeBron fan. Okay. Last question. Do you see the Lakers making front off change front office changes or is is LeBron behind all of these roster changes? God, I hope they do make some front office changes. But is it how much does how much say does Palenka have? Because everybody can say, Oh, fuck Palenka, he's doing a terrible job, but like if his agenda is to keep his stars happy, to keep LeBron and A D happy. If they're the ones making these decisions, like what what is that what position does that put him in? Well, I think that think decisions like the Alex Caruso decision, yeah, Palinka was a big part of that. I yeah. think getting regular free agents, you know, LeBron isn't in there twenty four seven. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know, he's worried about Space Jam. You know, his brand. He did like have that. to. He did he's, have to film Space Jam. You're he's, right about he's, that. he's worried about the major stuff, and obviously they're going to consult him about the major stuff. He was in that but, other world, so they probably couldn't even contact. Oh, him. you're right. It was. Yeah. A, what, what was it like? I don't even know. The, some kind know. of verse. Terrible, terrible movie. Don't hate. Terrible movie. Space Jam. Space Jam. Space Jam Don't 1. Hate. Space Jam 1, great. Space Jam 2, terrible. Okay. But the little things, everyone knows, the little things are what make the big things happen. And yeah. the little things are what the Lakers desperately need right now. And those include quality pieces around him. Palinka could have done a better job of re-signing valuable veterans, sculpting a team that has veteran leadership and championship pedigree of the past and they don't like we talked about they don't have those guys and yes Westbrook trade that's a good amount on Anthony Davis and Russell West or and, and, uh, LeBron. and LeBron but all the little things you can put that on Lakers brass so do they go offer Sam Presti the highest contract ever for Sam Presti's not leaving Sam Presti do they has get? put his life's his life's like power, everything in his everything in his mind to getting these picks and seeing this out. Sam Presti is going to be a thunder lifer. Well, I think the Lakers are like a family organization, and they're not. I don't know if they're going to hire outside of Lakers brass and the Lakers. Still, do, do, do you have, want him to? Do you want him to hire Kurt Rambis as GM? Oh my or gosh! Should, maybe they should get Magic Johnson back. Hey, Magic Johnson didn't know it was going to be that much of a time consumption. All right, do you know he thought he was going to be like in there whenever he wanted. Genie Bus is like still talking to him about decisions. I have heard that. That's the most ridiculous thing ever. Yeah. Like he just like quit on a random Wednesday and you're still gonna ask him about stuff. I just love Magic's tweets. Yeah, they're just the worst they've, takes. Like they've no, they've gone up in like sounding like a guy who tweets, but it's just like like his like pure it's as if his his like son's on the team or like Yeah. I don't, he's, he's just, he's just like he's he's giving updates as if the Lakers aren't the most covered team in sports. Yeah, <laughs> like he's like LeBron had thirty nine tonight. We're like we we know. we know we know. Thank you for letting us know, Magic. That's right. We know. All right. Now we it would be it would we would be remiss if not to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. Very, very big turnaround. I, it's not something that people really saw coming, I don't think. This is an exciting team to watch. Yeah, I mean, I think early on in the year, um, people were trying to see how Jason Kidd would figure things out with them. And 
obviously not a great start for them and people kind of wrote them off but they've they figured it out since then and out of the all-star break they're coming out hot they won three or four but not not playing against great teams but they're really figuring things out right now yeah people um after after, you gotta always take that in your mind after getting a new coach it's going to take a little bit to figure things out yeah but i think jason kids Jason Kidd's reputation preceded him, and everyone was like, "Up, oh, yep, see, no, it was it was a punch of a coaching hire." And yep. I'm gonna say I was one of those guys, but I am very, very, very impressed by their defensive efforts. And Luka Doncic is unbelievable. I feel yep. like there's always one part of the season where I'm like, "Man, this guy, he's not motivated. He's always out of shape. You just never." I feel like I don't know what I'm gonna get out of the guy, and then he has stretches like these, and I'm like. Like I don't even. I, this is unbelievable. It shows why he's one of the best players in the league when he does this stuff. I know. He's, yeah. He's, as Jimmy Butler once said, stupidly locked in. But I think Luca actually is going to mean it this time. Yeah. I mean, he, um, what is he averaging the past ten games? Let's see. Um, past ten games: twenty-eight, thirty-three, forty, thirty-nine, thirty-eight, thirty-eight, thirty-five, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, forty. That's, That's right. video game numbers. That's not bad. I've had that exact stretch with my my player. Back in like 05. Yeah, <laughs> back in 05. Back in 05. When Cole was three, he's my player scored that much. That's right. I was a prodigy. Yeah, I mean, just talking about their defense. Right now, they're fifth in defensive rating. And, you know, the past couple of years, they've been in the bottom 10 in the league. So I think just, just that alone, I think, is holding them up. And the narrative in the past with Dallas has been, oh, they're not going to defend. Luka's the only playmaker. They're just, everybody's going to key in on Luka. And come playoff time, it's not going to work. And years past, it hasn't. But Jalen Brunson coming into his own, he's without question the best backup point guard in the league. Just the production out of him alone has been a very bright spot for them this year. And mm-hmm. I think him playing with Luka and kind of that Seth Curry role that Seth Curry had when he was in Dallas, I think he's been great with Luka and they've gelled very well. And also the addition of Spencer Dinwiddie at the trade deadline is, is huge for them. Huge. With, with Tim Hardaway not coming back and having that foot surgery, it's a big pickup for them. Yeah, Davis Bertans has actually been able to make three-point shots, unlike what he did in D.C. Yeah. after he stole that money. Um, and Dinwiddie has been exactly what the Mavericks needed. They needed guys that can handle the ball and make stuff happen when Brunson and Luka— That, that art named Luka Doncic, yeah. And Brunson. Yeah. And he has done just that. He had a slow start his first two games when he had, what, five and eight? And yeah. then since then, he's had over 18 every single game. Um, and by the way, it's not like they're not looking for him to score 25 a game. Yeah, Luke is going to take the brunt of the load and the brunt of the touches, but just a guy that can come in there and consistently score the ball and, and make good plays. And exactly. It's not like Trey Burke. I know. Trey Burke's a great player, but he's not Yeah, he's not fit for that role. And last year, I honestly would say, I mean, there's not a – there probably is a stat for this, but I don't know the name of it yet. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna become more of an analytics guy as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the Mavericks led the league in contested stepbacks as time's expiring off the shot clock. And preseason, Jason Kidd would made it very clear to the media, "Oh, we're gonna get to the rim this year. We are going to get to the rim this yeah, year." Put, put pressure and, on defenses. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's not gonna happen. The Mavericks are a jump shooting team. That's not what they do. That's not gonna happen. Right. And they have done just that, and it's been it's been very impressive to me. Their offense has been great on all three levels. Yeah, and the other the other thing that they've done in the past a lot is like Luca will be driving to the basket and just throw it out for threes. 
constantly. They did that constantly. And now, you know, we're seeing it. We're cutters. seeing it. Yeah. We're seeing cutters to the basket. Luca finishing at the rim. That that tip dunk against the Lakers was ridiculous. Amazing. Never seen him jump that high or do that. I was very I'm I was very worried that well, about Lucas back, but I forgot about how he, he he's one to play up theatrics sometimes. A little bit here and there. Yeah, but I I mean the look on his face after the Lakers' possession ended with that Dwight Howard layup, and yeah. he just looked furious yeah. with the refs that they didn't call it. But credit to him, he didn't freak out. He didn't yell at them or anything like that. He just got it, went down the court, made a couple of good passes, crashed the board as crashed the boards as hard as anyone's ever crashed, and just put it on the Lakers' heads. Yeah, very amazing. Um, so, where do you think? How far does Dallas's run go this year? I think they'll 100% be winning a first-round series, especially if they're playing the Utah Jazz, which I would love to see. Upset alert, I would. that would be a great series I to watch. I would love to watch that series. The Jazz, obviously, a, a track record of being a very good defensive team, and it would be a pleasure to watch the Dallas Mavericks carve them up and see how the Jazz can once again blow it in the playoffs. As yeah, I mean, looking at happen. the looking at the West standings, it's very opposite of the East. It's pretty. I don't want to say set in stone, but there's I, distances. There's, there's, there's big good, distances. There's good space in between every team, and I think that that Utah, Dallas, four five. I don't think will change much at all. Yeah, I, I do. Think, I think we will see that first round series. Hundred percent. Do think the Nuggets will be staying six? I don't think the Timberwolves going to pass them. And I don't see the Grizzlies, Warriors, Suns losing enough to. We could see we could see a little bit more of a Warriors drop off, but I don't. Yeah, no, I think the I the Grizzlies know. will. I would bet a lot of money. I think the, the Grizzlies, Grizzlies take the two spot. The they're they're yeah. a half game back right now, and they're just 100%. playing really well. And the, the Warriors without Draymond has been Not has good. been subpar. Yeah, the Grizzlies just have, literally have to win their next game, which is against the juggernaut Orlando Magic. Tough one. And Franzi. Tough one. Uh, all you have to do is win that game, and they will be tied, and I believe they're the tiebreaker. So, yeah. But Dallas Jazz is going to be – that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. That'll be a good one. Yeah, man. What, Cole, what else do you see around the league? Um, Welp, I would like to remind everybody – I just have to mention it. Miami Heat are now two and a half games ahead of the two seed. 76ers. They have been doing great, great things. Uh, last night, beating the Nets without Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. Uh, it was an amazing defensive showcase. That you, they really showed their defensive versatility and how well they locked up the Nets running the zone most of the yeah. night. Kevin Durant's return happened. He did, in fact, look like Kevin Durant, as most of the people would have expected. Um, I didn't expect anything else. He was still all in, and he was still knocking down his shots. But the Heat just outdid him without two of their four best players. Yeah, one storyline that I thought about that I don't think is being brought up that much is I think what was Bam was twelve for fifteen. Yeah. Who's number one, who's guarding him in the playoffs on the Nets when they get there? And also who's gonna guard Giannis? You know, uh, like obviously if the Nets play them? I think it's it's a big worry for them. Hold on. If the if the Nets play the Bucks who's guarding Giannis? Yeah. Ben Simmons. But we haven't seen what Simmons is doing. Like I think they need him back. Yeah, but we know Desperately. who's going to guard him. And also, are you forgetting the Nets beat the Bucks and the Bucks did a or the Nets did a really good job defending him? Uh, it was a group effort between Johnson, Drummond. Um, they they really I I must say they did a good job. Um, and that was without Kevin Durant obviously and without Ben Simmons obviously. 
Um, True. That I'm not so much worried about, but I do think that they are not fit to guard the Heat. Everyone talks about how people are going to guard the Nets. I don't think the Nets can guard the Heat. Uh, you did see the Nets making uh, moves to, for 76ers insurance, getting Drummond. Drummond will be able to hold Embiid to 35, as I talk about. Just he'll, he'll definitely he'll be able to hold him at least, at least at the most 40, right? Yeah. Um, he'll flat out. I mean, other people will have to perform for the Sixers, but yeah, I don't. Drummond like Drummond might not foul out. He might not. One of those games, maybe. It's possible. I'll give him one game. He doesn't foul out. Yeah. Drummond will have four points. 40 rebounds, 6 fouls, 25 minutes. <laughs> Good stat line. Sadly, LaMarcus Aldridge might not be playable that series. Claxton, we will see. Yeah, um, it's, I mean, Aldridge, as he is still a great offensive player, he's still got the, he's still got the jumper from anywhere. Still a bit slow-legged. On the d- the on defense is end, going yeah. very, very quickly. Yep. Uh, Bulls, now third place. Yep. We, my prediction. Well, they haven't got anybody back, Cole. Well, I think they're going to do a, almost a little bit worse when everyone gets back. Um, well, let's, let me see their schedule coming up. Yeah. Um, real quick, also, we get the Cavaliers, who even with Garland, they they lost one. Um, and then you got the Just Boston Celtics, who have continued to uh, be decent. That's all I'm going to say for the Celtics, be decent. Yeah, going back to the Bulls, I wouldn't – they've got – Milwaukee, Philly, Detroit, Cleveland, Sacramento, Utah. So not an easy stretch coming up in the slightest, but um, yeah, I, think, I think we'll really see what they're made of in this stretch and, and see if they're built for it down the stretch. Yeah. I also would really like to talk about the 76ers for another minute. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm very excited to see them play against a team like the Cavaliers. Defensive team, yeah. a lot of size, and they got Okoro, who will probably be matched up against James Harden. That's a very spunky energetic defender um we haven't seen them play against a good defensive team yet and i'm very interested to see how it goes yeah i mean i think watching the sixers they've been running very good offense and um harden and Embiid have meshed very well together but just like you said they haven't really came into a buzzsaw like the cleveland cavaliers on defense just with the size and the switchability and things like that and just bodies to throw it and bead yep i um, think it'll be a good test for them it's probably to come out tonight or saturday so that'll be Probably after you'll be listening to this after the Cleveland Cavaliers play the Philadelphia 76ers, which all of you are going to watch. Obviously. Everyone's going to be watching. I, I know I'm watching it. It's clear. And I mean, so who wouldn't be? Yeah. Um, but looking on, they've got Miami in Miami. They've got Chicago. They've got Brooklyn. The Cavs you're talking about? No, the Sixers. The that's Sixers. a huge stretch. Yeah, they're they're getting put through the ringer. That's for sure. Oh yeah. So, and those are. Uh, two of those three are very, very good defensive teams. So we yeah. will see. We will see. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, do you have anything else you want to add? I think that's all I've got, Cole. All righty. Uh, as always, we appreciate you listening to the Par for the Court podcast. Uh, reminder, everyone, uh, if you ever have a fire, please call 911 for the fire department. Everybody. Fire department. It's not the um, regular 10 digits. It's just 911. Just 911. That's all you got to press. Uh, we, As always, we appreciate our sponsor, the fire department, for supporting the podcast. Shout out. And peace out. Go Towson Tigers. Go Tigers. It's Ball for the Court Podcast.